Starting out inside the 15, Thompson. He's going to launch it deep downfield, right in stride. Trey Palmer is gone. Touchdown, Nebraska. One play, 87 yards. y'all welcome back to run the damn ball this is your host daniel magnuson sam alessandro is back for like i don't know the 10th time and so we're gonna be At talking least. about nebraska ball because there's been two games last week um, i actually saw you at one of them uh, that was the home game against michigan state and then uh, we'll get into some nebraska football stuff that i find interesting and also you know i talked about the pac-12 conference uh you know, with conference realignments, you know, rumors going on a couple of weeks ago, but I think there's some stuff that could go down in the next couple of years that is worth mentioning. So that's what we got today. And uh, we'll start it off with, uh, you know, Nebraska ball. So, you know, last week there were two games. One was against Michigan State at home. It looked like Nebraska was going to win. They were on fire in the second half. And then, of course, uh, Michigan State just did not miss in the second half. And so it didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, so that yeah. Game. And then, that, of course, you know, we'll talk about the Iowa game, but, um, yeah, that game was crazy. Yeah, that um, that was my first, um, first basketball game that I went to, like, probably in the last, like, three years where I haven't worked it at all, which was uh, really fun. Uh, obviously, wish the second half was a little bit better. Um it's just that that was just a game where you could tell that Nebraska was missing on some of the depth that they're used to having. Uh, without Bandamel and uh, Juwan Gary, I mean they've been without him for a while now, but it still hurts, you know. And uh, yeah, it was tough. And I mean, when you have when you give up, you know, a team shooting what well, would Michigan State shoot like seventy percent from three in the second half? So yeah, they they scored fifty two points in the second half, and if you do that, like you're gonna win. Yeah, like that's that's insane. So, well, it was nice. I was I was flying home on Sunday, and I was able to catch like kind of the beginning of the Nebraska Iowa game in basketball. Of course, Nebraska had already beat Iowa once this year, which was exciting. And so here we are, number two, Nebraska versus Iowa uh, on the season. And um, I was expecting Iowa to win. You know, they're always a tough team at home in basketball. And they even out-rebounded Nebraska by, like, quite a bit. And I think they even had, like, 20 more field goal attempts. But Nebraska just made the most of their shots that they had and ended up winning. Um, I mean, Nebraska shot 58%. Meanwhile, Iowa shot 36%. And um, that was that was the difference in the game. It was just Iowa missed so many shots. So I think they missed like twenty five threes. Yeah, you know it's it's funny how basically if it feels like two months ago, like this season was lost, and Hoiberg was kind of like people were kind of writing him out out the door. Like they're like, okay, you can. You can leave now. Like it's it's time for you to be gone. 
Um, but it's it's impressive. Uh, the fact that they were that they were able to to win that that game, and not just you know the game against Iowa, but there were quite a few games I think in this stretch where I think uh, it was a little surprising that we weren't uh, that Nebraska, you know, pulled away because usually you know the past few years those are games that Nebraska loses, mm-hmm. but it really seemed like towards the end of the season Hoiberg really got a culture that he knew would work. Cause I mean, I don't think this is the most talented team Hoiberg has had, but they're the best overall team in terms of uh, culture and they, they know who they are. And I think that's honestly, you know, that that's, that's the most important thing to know, you know, who you have. And it also helps when you have two guys who, you know, are probably some of the oldest players in college basketball with Greasel and yeah. uh, and Derek Walker. Like, you know, jokes aside, like it's is it's helpful. You know, um, it's it it's always nice to have those twenty four year old, twenty five year old, you know, vets who have been around and they can, you know, help mentor. You know, some of the younger guys. You've seen uh, Kase Tominaga obviously just take over the last month of the year. And then I really like that to Marcus Lawrence guy. He's, he's going to be really good. He was the stud against Iowa hit, hit uh, five threes. Yeah, they needed um, that. I do want to say one thing. Do you, don't you just love how Nebraska's fan base has become like the biggest like fans of sending memes and ratioing teams? Oh my gosh, dude. Like we beat Iowa in basketball now for the second time this year, and we beat them in football too. And you know, you look at like Iowa, their their official athletic account posts a score, and you can't even find any comments except like there's a hundred comments of our fans just dropping memes. We're there we're is. the worst fan base ever, but I kind of love it. <laughs> there the is way. there is fifteen hundred likes on the tweet. There is almost six. There's 532 uh, comments oh and my 75 gosh. quotes. Like when you know my buddy Nolan, shout out Nolan. Uh, he created a fan account, and uh, I'm not going to name name it, but uh, he uh, he drops some hilarious memes on these. Like he he drops at least like 15. That's so funny. Time. Like yeah, I don't know. I get I get a kick out of, out of the memes, and I mean, it, it's even funnier when every once in a while I'll scroll and I'll see uh, like an Iowa fan, like, "Oh, you guys are you know making fun of us. Enjoy you know being in the NIT." And it's just like, well, you just lost to us, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's funny. It's I'd rather I'd rather see that than Cornhusker won. We, every time you come on, you bring up one. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. But, uh, yeah, so I'd say the last month, just the winning streak Nebraska's gone on in basketball has just – it's really solidified that Hoiberg, for the, you know, just for the foreseeable future, he's the right coach for Nebraska ball. And so happy about that. And I like the way his son plays too. I mean, against Iowa, you know, Hoiberg's son's playing and then – McCaffrey, the coach of Iowa, has two of his sons playing. It was kind of cool, like the son-dad battle going on. Of course, no, 
it's we came out on top again. So love that. But you know, what's the best case scenario for Nebraska ball, you know, going into the Big Ten tournament? I saw someone put on Twitter, they said if Nebraska wins four games, they would have to be in the tournament. And that would mean that they would lose in the in the Big Ten title in the tournament. So uh, what do you think about that? It, it's very tough just because, again, kind of like what I said about the Michigan State game, they don't have a lot of depth. And so a lot of these guys are going to be playing heavy minutes. Now, they've probably been as confident as any team in the Big Ten, probably aside from Purdue. Uh, lately, so you know, I've been really, really, again, surprised by what I've seen from from Nebraska, especially the the last like month. Um, I still think it's unlikely that you know they went yeah. four straight. <laughs> I'd be happy with two. I, yeah, I was gonna say I think like two would be would be perfect. That two, that gets you set yeah. up real nicely for the NIT too. Exactly, two or three in the NIT is probably the think, best case scenario. I think it'd be very uh, demoralizing if, uh, but like this is also kind of interesting because last year, Hoiberg's team randomly started playing well at the end of the year. Do you remember that? Yeah, they did. They beat like three top fifteen teams or something crazy. Like it was, it was like where was this the whole year? You know. Yeah. And then, but yeah, and I get it. That's college basketball. I mean, look at Northwestern this year. They all of a sudden are like really good. Like you can turn around a basketball program uh, pretty quickly once you instill like the right culture. And I just think it took Hoiberg a little extra time. And, you know, quite frankly, this is, I think, the first team where, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, other teams like there was, you know, a whole bunch of like selfish players, but these guys truly play together as a team. And you can see that every, every single game. Yeah, they really do. I think Tominaga until, you know, the last two months, I wasn't that impressed by him, but you know, over the last 10 or so games, he really has been amazing. Like when you, when you're a guy who can, you know, be three feet behind the three point line and like, they have to guard you up to like uptight. That's crazy because that means yeah. he can hit it from literally anywhere. And so he's been a huge difference maker for Nebraska. I do want to make a quick note that I noticed Nebraska baseball beat Vanderbilt last week and they're number seven. Yep. Yep. And they're still number seven after B after, <laughs> uh, after losing to us. I think uh, I don't want to make any predictions because it's, it'd be super hard, but. Just imagining how crazy Omaha would be if Nebraska made it to the uh, World Series. Just oh, in the next in this decade, how crazy that would be. My dad said when because I was still just a little bit too young. I was like five when it happened. Mm-hmm. The last time he was like, it was it was truly like like a football game. It was insane. The entire stadium was red. Um, I believe when they it. were because I mean. The mid two thousand, early to mid two thousands, they were in it. I think three years, three of those years with uh, Dave Van Horn, the uh, coach of Arkansas now. So, I think they they'll be they'll be solid this year. The issue, just like with any team, uh, this time of year is going to be pitching. They're trying to figure out the rotation. 
in the bullpen, guys they can rely on. Um, they won two of three games over the weekend, which was pretty good. They were not – I would have been shocked if they would be Ole Miss. Ole Miss won the, the Natty last year. And, you know, and it, it's impressive just that they're able to compete, I think, with a lot of these teams just because even though, like, yeah, it sucks that they lost, uh, I think it was San Diego or – yeah, San Diego uh, opening weekend. You have to realize, like, these teams – like you're playing, you know, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, San Diego, Hawaii. All these teams have been playing baseball for months outside. Nebraska yeah. can't do that. And we we got lucky this winter because it's been actually relatively nice. But they still you can't practice that much outside. You know, it's just it's just harder for the northern teams, I think, especially early on in the year. And again, like I mean, the uh, the warmer states. That's where you get all the ba- the baseball talent. Anyway, there there's a lot of baseball talent, you know, in the South and obviously, I mean, California. Every every school in California should be good at baseball. Honestly, like the talent in that state is absolutely ridiculous. But you know, it's still early. But uh, I they just won today, Nebraska baseball, twelve to three. So. They're, they're going to have uh, – they got really good hitting, it seems like, this year. Really, really good hitting. Max Anderson is back as a junior. Um, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just remember last summer going to the College World Series, and I didn't even go to the game. Yeah, I that's – It was like the Saturday night rave. That's that's like that most so people fun. are in. Most oh, people age don't really. I mean, they do go to the games, but I mean, you go to have a good time, and that's uh, what that was the most fun I'll ever have in Omaha, hands down. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're not a big Omaha guy, are you? No, I. I mean, I like Omaha, but it's just like another. I like Lincoln better, obviously, because it's a college town. But you know, well, Lincoln bars are better, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That is so anyway, true. we'll talk a little bit about Nebraska football now. So. I mean, we haven't – I haven't talked about this on here at all just because it's so far away right now. But, I mean, spring football starts in two weeks. And so it, I think it's worth, you know, giving a little mention to. I think we got really lucky in getting Matt Rule. I'm not saying that he's going to be this, like, savior because, no, I don't really think that's a fair uh, expectation. But I just think that with the way he's handling things right now and with what he's done in the past, there's just – I see us reaching – at, like I'd see us probably reaching like a nine win team or better uh, program within the next several years with him. I, I really think it's very possible. Um, I'm not saying we're going to be like this top 15 team that we were forever in like the seventies through nineties, but uh, just the way that his energy and like the way he carries himself. I mean, he, so I listened to this interview today. So Mitch Sherman went on a radio show in Waco, Texas called 365 Sports. And Mitch Sherman, you know, lives in Omaha area, covers the Huskers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the staff, Matt Rule and his staff visited, I think, like every high school in Nebraska in the past couple months. And that was the first time that anyone had done that since Tom Osborne. Now, obviously, you know, Bo Pelini and other coaches had probably been around some. But just, you know, seeing a coach really, like, show interest in the whole state like that. And also, um, yeah, just, 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 you know, 
that that's something that hasn't really been around in a long time. I thought it's a really good sign. Yeah, it's they're certainly doing a good job promoting the university and promoting the uh, team. That's for sure, and I think that's probably probably the most oh, what's the right word? Probably the most refreshing thing about Matt Rule is that he just seems like he really likes his job, you know, and not saying, I, I think the other coaches, our last few head coaches that did like their job, but they didn't always necessarily show it sometimes. And, you know, rule is very much, I mean, that's kind of just his personality. He's very outgoing. He loves to talk. That is one thing for sure. He's, yeah. he's a talker. He's, he's a lot. New York different. city. Oh yeah. He's, He's a lot different from the, our last few coaches, that's for sure. And, um, you know, it's it's easy to get uh, persuaded by him, too. I'm still trying my best not to drink too much of the Kool-Aid. It's, it's definitely difficult um, because you see, like, he's saying all the right things, and then you see the stuff you see on social media. Um, recruits are buzzing about Nebraska. You know, they want to visit. Uh, got big uh, recruiting weekend here in a few weeks, but you know, so it's it, it's exciting and it's nice that especially because, and it's not even like I I don't think like necessarily it's like the biggest thing ever to recruit. Uh, like you have to get every single local kid, but the optics of the fan base they're seeing that you're playing an effort to recruit locally that matters and he's doing that and i don't know why but like i feel like the last 10 years like husker fans have just been so big on we need to recruit better locally you know blah 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 and while i agree um for sure it it never really was done until i feel like this year um with with rule like he's making it even more emphasis because i actually thought frost did a decent job especially at the start recruiting locally now of course you know as they the years went on and it it dropped off it, it dropped off and i think you know a lot of it was because he was just trying to he was looking for specific players and not you know not trying to get guys you know, because, you know, I'll say I think one of the biggest misses Frost had that uh, rule, I think he did try to talk to him, but uh, that Zane, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Zane Flores from yeah. uh, right now, Gretna. he's probably the best peer passer, I think, I've uh, in Nebraska football, at least in the last 10 years. Um, I mean, he's going to Oklahoma State. That's Legit He's a passer, yeah. Mike Mike Gundy, uh, don't mess around. So, and so, I also you can't blame a guy, a, a high school guy, for at the time. You know, I want to play for Mike Gundy, a guy who's had a lot of success over, you know, a team where I don't even know who's going to be my coach next year. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy. I think he was from either Pierre or South or Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but his first name is Lincoln. I think his last name was like. Oh, Keenholtz? Yeah. He was like a four-star, you know, top 20 quarterback. And we didn't even recruit him at all. 
The last staff didn't recruit him at all. It's like, dude, this is the his best. His name is literally Lincoln. His first name is Lincoln, and we didn't even recruit him? What are we doing? And then he went over to Ohio State. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing, man? Like, little things like that. It's just like he's right in our backyard. You know, Nebraska should always get to the best players out of South Dakota. And, you know, this year there were 13 Power 5 guys, you know, in the state of Nebraska, you know, going to schools, and now eight of them are coming to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma State. Um, Iowa State and you know Iowa and maybe one other two other schools got the rest of those guys, but that's a really good year for the state of Nebraska. You have thirteen Power Five dudes. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen every year, and so you know, rules going to have a chance. I mean, just getting Malachi Coleman was huge. You know, yeah, yeah. You just you you want those guys. You don't want them to go elsewhere because you know, as we've talked about this on the on the pod before. If they go somewhere else and they even have a lick of success, Husker accounts on social media are going to go crazy. So, yeah, they have. Remember when Noah Fant had like three touchdowns against us that one year, that like Mike Riley's last game, and everyone was just like. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't really on Riley, though. That was on Polini and his staff. You think so? Yeah, because it was around the same it, – it's the same thing as Joe – well, kind of. Joe Burrow and – I guess that is true. That was a couple his, of years later. His, his, Joe Burrow's recruitment, his original recruitment, was Tim Beck, Tim Beck was his – was the guy who said no to him. And really? then – Yeah. That would make sense, actually. I didn't know that. It was, it was the year before he got – Fired, Bo Pointy, or like the year of the year of the yeah, that makes sense. And then Mike Riley came in, but it was probably too late at that point. Yeah, and then yeah. um you had obviously you enter the portal. And I do remember some people saying, "Oh, maybe uh Frost will go get him," but nope. Good old Adrian. I'm happy for Joe Burrow. He he should not have come here anyway. Yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. It's like every. Every, Every time someone hears Joe Burrow, like someone has to say, "Did you know he almost went to Nebraska?" Well, his whole family, like of like a dad, uncles, they all played at Nebraska, so it just was like, I'm happy he did what he did, though. He he is Joe Shiesty for a reason. Um, but something I'm ha- excited about, just because I'm biased, right, is that for the first time since you know Bo Pelini was coaching the Big Twelve, Nebraska is actually like going after the state of Texas as a recruit, like that is like one of their main recruiting states. Uh, I would say Frost just completely was like, screw everyone. I'm going to Florida. And then they all transferred. So yeah. like and that didn't work out. And so, I have a question. yeah, what real quick. Um, did your high school ever have any guys get recruited by Nebraska? Oh no, no, we were too small. Oh really? Yeah, no, we no way. My high school, we were we're like a basketball soccer. We were a basketball soccer school. Mm-hmm. We were not football. We would get smoked by everyone. So yeah, if no. Will would have seen your uh, film where you did the spin move, uh, ran for the touchdown. I don't sometimes know. I wonder. Could walked on. Sometimes I wonder if like I. Ugh. No, that sounds so stupid. If I would have kept playing two more years of high school football because I quit after my sophomore year, I don't know. I, I just think I'm too small, actually. I don't even think I could have. 
anyway, it doesn't matter. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I actually do think like, you know, they're going to these high schools like Mitch Sherman, you know, he came down and visited high schools in the DFW area and was talking to coaches and they were just talking about how um, they, these, a lot of these coaches really like Matt rule. And so when they have a guy that they say, Hey, I have a coach that's interested in you, you know, Nebraska is going to be one of the first schools to get a look at a lot of these players that come out of Texas now. And so that's going to be really helpful because of all the States that have great high school football. I mean, you think of California, Texas, and Florida. Well, Texas is a lot closer in geography to Nebraska that like Florida is days away. Right. And so it'd be really nice if we can get that back a little bit, because it's something that we started missing a lot of once we went to the big 10 and I mean, shoot, even Ohio state and Michigan get some of their best players from Texas and the South as well. So it is a must to do that. And so that's something I just wanted to talk about. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I agree with you, Texas. I mean, it's a recruiting hotbed for a reason. It's one of, I think for, for a while there, I, I don't remember when, but like Texas was, I think the number one state for a while in producing NFL talent. I mm-hmm. think now it's Louisiana. And I've always been on the train that we need to recruit more in Louisiana. And I think we do a good job there. We especially did when we had Mickey Joseph on staff, but obviously that didn't, work out but uh you know yeah i i agree with you um a lot of people actually i've seen in the last few years joel clatt i've seen mention this multiple times you know i part of the reason why nebraska fell off was i think it that they did get hurt by not recruiting as many texas players because that was such a that was kind of like the staple of the Nebraska recruiting classes, like, all right, which guys from Texas did we did we steal from Oklahoma and Texas? Because that was usually the recruiting bell. Was those it was Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that it, it's tough it was tough to uh, you know, not see that. But now with rule, thankfully, and the thing I like about rule is like each stop that he's been at in college, like he's been so strategic and smart with how he gets his players. For example, when he was at Temple, he got a lot of he got a lot of guys from Pennsylvania, obviously, but he also attacked uh, New Jersey really heavy, uh, which was uh, really smart because there's a lot of good players from New Jersey. And then at Baylor, obviously, he just went probably in his backyard and just, you know, said, yeah, all right, which high schools are, are near are, are near uh where where's Baylor at Baylor's in between Austin and Dallas so it's you know right in between it's in a perfect spot but Waco Texas yeah Waco Waco and so it it's actually so helpful that he coached at Baylor because he made all those connections and now he can just use those connections didn't um wasn't there like a what happened in Waco Texas was it uh he was like a cult leader oh there was some like human I'm sacrifice right there, right? that was, like, that was, in, that was I, I don't remember what it was i think it was before i was born but there it was wasn't waco that wasn't waco well don't okay. take that back it was in this is confusing there's a town called west texas and it's not in west texas 
<laughs> it's called West. It's just it's right outside of Waco. Okay. Also, fun fact, they have a they have a little like Czech bakery in the town that I've been to. Really good. If you ever drive through Waco or drive through yeah. like because you have to go through West to get to Waco. If you ever drive through, get the Czech food. It's really good. But uh <laughs> Dude, I'm going to try and make my way down to Texas this summer. You should. Just let me know. I'm here. I've, I've never been to Texas, and I've, I've always wanted to go. Now I got a reason. I can go and mm-hmm. see you. I got nostalgic today because I thought about when Matt Rule – I mean, I was watching a video about how Matt Rule is, like, you know, really going to be recruiting this area. And I was like, man, it'd be nice if – like, imagine if – you know how they have the – the Cowboys classic to start out the year in college football. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Nebraska did one of those one year in Cowboys stadium where they were always one. That'd be so nice. That's funny that you say that. Cause whenever I'm playing dynasty with Nebraska, I always start off with the Cowboys classic uh-huh. playing against like Georgia or not. It's usually not even a Texas team. Sometimes it's Texas, but usually I like playing Texas at Texas, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, um, hopefully Nebraska can get back on track here. I just want a bowl game this year, right now. You uh, and you and me and everyone else, man. It's I I have I'm I'm being cautiously optimistic. It's really hard not to be drinking the Kool Aid, like I said. Um, I think it's just so many years of pain and also being brainwashed by John Schrader a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and just like, nah, I'm not brainwashed, but, you know, just thinking a little bit more critically about just like uh, the football program. But uh, I think he, he's definitely saying all the right things. And I think, you know, now it's, okay, what can we see on the field? Like, will this translate? And that that was always the thing that the last, two coaches have struggled with was I, they said the right things at the podium and you know, they were sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Mike Riley was always a one with the, with the media. They loved him and vice versa, but well, gee, gee, gosh. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what we will just go. I was talking to, a couple months ago, before I moved out of Nebraska, I was shooting hoops at the rec, and I was talking to a former player. He had played – I'm not going to name him out of, like, you know, just – but he had played a couple years at Nebraska. He ended up retiring because he had uh, too many injuries. But And I wish that I would have asked him this question. I wish I would have asked him, you know, obviously, you know, because this is after Frost had been fired, and I just w- wish I would have asked him, like – did you know that eventually, like, it was going to be this bad when you were, like, a player here? Like, or did you know that it was kind of inevitable that it was going to reach this point? Like, I just, I was just interested in, like, his perspective, like, what it was like being a player with a pro, like, with that program, you know, the, the, with Frost and everything. And just, like, I wish that I would have asked him some questions about that because I think it could he could have given me some interesting, you know, insight just because he would – I mean, they were seeing it firsthand how, how much of a mess it was. And I think that there were some good times, obviously, but like a lot of the time, it was just like, "What the heck's even going on?" Yeah, it's it. We're gonna find out more and more over the years. And honestly, I've said this before, but I could 
care less. I know. It happened. You know, who cares? But also, a part of me wants to hear the tea <laughs> at the same time. You know, we're, I think everyone's the same. I heard all the tea the summer of 2021. That's when I like all I just I heard every like someone who worked at a radio station. I was at a bar with him, and he just was like, "Okay, I'm about to just like drop a bomb," and he just told me everything that was wrong with like the staff and like Frost, and I was like, "Dang, this all makes sense. Why we've been so bad?" <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we, you and I both. I know me especially. I walk kind of walked into college and. You know, you you look at one program, you know, a certain way. You like you, I grew up idolizing Nebraska football, obviously, and then you you go to school there, and you're like, oh, I mean, they're just just another team, mm-hmm. and they weren't very good, and you know, yeah, that it it's it was just disappointing, but you know, really excited to see how uh, rule how his message is going to play out onto the field. Yep. Um, it seems like he's, he's got the program trending towards at least the right direction. I, I'm kind of uh, the belief that it couldn't get much worse. Yeah. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like you, you just have to tr- just try to do a little bit better, I think. And, you know, be a little bit more, I think, I think the frustrating thing with Frost was he he had there was no like detail and there was no like it felt like he was just trying to learn the job on the fly you know and it seems like rule out at the very least from what he's saying he has a, a an actual plan you know I'd agree um, he's he's saying the right things again and that's what he's good at but you know and he I also. One one more quick thing. I really like that he uh, he admits his failures. He admitted that you know, yeah, I, I got fired at at Carolina. Like I don't know. I I like that. That's a good but, character quality because some people just don't have that within them. You know, the mm-hmm. the first thing they'll say is like, well, you know, I didn't get fired, but X Y Z. You know, he's you know he just straight up like I got fired. Like I was not. You know, so that's a good. It's a good sign. I do yeah. want to jump to this, uh, jump over to the Pac-12 talk before we run out of time here. Um, I know you got to wake up early tomorrow, but so I made a podcast like a couple weeks ago where I said that I, I personally thought that SMU and San Diego State getting added to the Pac-12 was like a good thing for the Pac-12 and those two schools. And I'm just going to completely say that I do not believe that at all anymore because I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be a conference in like eight years. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. Just to see what happens with the Pac-12. I I really I I don't know like what they can do to try and save it. I guess like what they're doing right now is something. Um, Did you know that Brett Yormark, the Big Twelve Commissioner, reached out to Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, and just he basically just what he told them was like that they're interested in adding them. The Big Twelve. The Big Twelve reached, yeah, like they reached yeah, out did, to those I schools. Didn't see that. And, and so, like, also Oregon and Washington, you know, they want a Big Ten bid. They'll they'll wait as long as it takes to get into the Big Ten. 
or Oregon for sure. And Washington will just try and follow whatever Oregon yeah. does. Oregon, Oregon does not want to be left out of any big money deal. That is for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I, I remember thinking, oh, SMU, the Pac-12 would be great. Actually, don't do that because I don't even think they're going to be a conference. Like, they're going to become the Mountain West, and then Stanford and Cal are just going to be out on an island. Um, yeah, Washington and Washington State, Oregon State as well. It's like, I think it's pretty much USC and UCLA kind of just sealed their fate, in my opinion. And um, yeah, the Big 12 is probably going to capitalize. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it sucks that, um, that you know uh for me and you like we're pretty diehard college football fans and i think we like tradition a little bit but also you know you gotta understand you know why it's it's happening you know pac-12 wasn't quite as well run as conferences like the big 12 or especially the big 10 or the sec it was the worst ran power five conference yeah Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really surprised. It's it's weird because of their contract, but I'm just surprised that the ACC isn't because I feel like they could easily add like four schools like right away. The ACC is they're in a weird spot because they are stuck in a TV deal till like 2035. Yeah, it's it's that's weird. in 12 years, okay? And they're going to be making the same amount every single year all the way mm-hmm. to that point where they're going to be making way less than the Big Ten and the SEC. So there's I know that Clemson and Florida State, those two schools are definitely like trying to get a different revenue share because they do give more, they produce more than those other schools. Put Tulane back in the SEC. That's all I'm going to say. That'd be sweet. I'm a Tulane <laughs> fan now. <laughs> no way, baby. Yeah, but that'll be that'll be some stuff worth watching. So I mean, the pack. I think the Pac-10. The best thing they can do is just stay put and hope that they can like pull a Big Twelve and just yeah. hold it together. But yeah. if there's another round of expansion, if the if the Big Twelve or the Big Ten want a team, like they're gonna get them. Um, that's what that's what I think. So, anyway, um, we only got like a minute left, but this was you know good having you on again. Um, congrats on you know you're starting your job this week. You already started in yep. Omaha. What's the wait? Which which channel is it again? Uh, WWT. Channel six, Omaha. Is that NBC, ABC? Like, which one is that? NBC. We're, NBC. we're NBC. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Uh, well, I'll have to come. I'm going to come up for the spring game, I think. So I'm going to try to see you there if you're not busy. Hell yeah. I'm going to try to do that. But um, yeah, that's everything. Thanks for coming on once again. Um, yeah. That's everything. Thanks, you guys, for uh, tuning in to Run the Damn Ball with Daniel Magnuson and Sam Alessandro. See you later.